grace and peace to you, dear brothers and sisters, from our God and Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our meditation this evening is going to be on the fourth commandment. Back in December in our midweek Advent services, we looked at the first table of the Ten Commandments, the first three commandments which deal with our relationship with God. And now throughout this season of Lent in our midweek services, we're going to be looking at the remainder of the commandments, the second table of God's law, which focuses on our relationship with each other, our relationship with our neighbors. So the fourth commandment is really a, a transition commandment. It's taking us from the one table into the other. And as we, as we look at this commandment, we see that it deals with our interactions with other people, but it's also still very closely related to how God interacts with us uh, through the relationships that he gives us in life. If you open up in your worship folder to the first page where we had our commandments printed, you'll notice a couple of things about the fourth commandment that make it sit, that bring it out, I think, a little from the rest of them. It's one of only two commandments that are phrased positively. Uh, the other would be the third, where rather than forbidding us from doing something, God is here commanding us to do something. And then you'll also notice it's significantly longer than most of the other commandments. In this fourth commandment, God also attaches to it this wonderful promise, which we'll talk about a bit as we go through our devotion this evening. Let's begin by reading together uh, the words of the fourth commandment, and then we'll read also Dr. Luther's explanation to it from his small catechism. The fourth commandment, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we do not dishonor or anger our parents and others in authority but honor, serve, and obey them, and give them love and respect. Why does God give us the commandments? Not rhetorical. Feel free to answer. Why does he give us the commandments? Tracy? As a guide? Debbie? Debbie? A mirror? Okay, so we have these three uses of the law, curb, a mirror, and a guide. We can look at the commandments that way. It's a fitting way to look at them. One of my favorite ways to look at the commandments and what I talk through with our students as I teach catechism is to view each of the commandments as a treasure chest that God uses to guard and protect a very special gift that he has for us as his children, as his people. And so if that's the case, as you think back to the words of the fourth commandment, which we just read, what special gift from God is he safekeeping with the fourth commandment? Emmanuel. All right, authority. Can you think of another gift, too? I had authority. That was one of the two that I was thinking, Emmanuel, so that's spot on. But authority, especially where? 
in the family, right? And so I think those two gifts, the gift of family life and the gift of authority or the authorities that God puts into our life are the the two things that he's really protecting with this commandment. And I want to focus especially on that gift of family tonight. And what an amazing gift it is that our God gives to us and that he protects with this commandment. But first, why is it such an amazing gift? Why do we need families? There's a passage at the end of Luke chapter 2, just after the account of Jesus as a 12-year-old boy in the temple. That account ends by saying, then Jesus continued to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and men. And I think that passage identifies for us four areas that, not unique to Jesus, all children have to grow in those four areas. We come into this world with zero wisdom. We know absolutely nothing. We have no intellect. We have no discretion. And we need help with even the most basic things. I'm thinking about my little guy who needs help knowing what is okay to put into his mouth and what is not okay to put into his mouth. We have zero wisdom, and so we need to learn, and if we're going to learn, then we need to have teachers. And then, not just wisdom, but stature. Physically speaking, human beings, when we come into this world, are completely helpless. Heather and I have been enjoying looking at the the year-ago memories that our phones are generating for us right now because it goes back to just after Amos was born and, and remembering those days when he couldn't even hold his head up on his own. And still, as we look at our children as they grow and they get older, they have so many limitations just because of their size and their strength. So children need someone to feed them, to nourish them, to protect them, to ensure that they're going to get enough sleep and rest for their bodies. So if we're going to survive, then we need providers. Then Jesus, we're told, also grew in favor with men, which I think kind of talks about how we interact in society. From the get-go, children are not really cut out for society. The basic instinct that runs through their tiny little persons is sinful selfishness. And things like humility and sharing and caring and having compassion for other people, those are lessons that have to be taught to children. And they're, they're not easy lessons to teach takes time and and patience to do that. And so to be able to interact in society, our, our children need role models. But finally, we don't just come into this world emotionally and and physically helpless. There's a spiritual aspect too. When children come into this world, they're born into this world sinful. They're born under the condemnation of God's law. They're born condemned to an everlasting death in hell. God, in his word, the apostle Paul writes, he says, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It it doesn't submit to God's law, 
nor can it do so. Children come into this world not cherishing the gifts that God is protecting in his commandments, not caring to carry out those commandments. But God says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So while they're spiritually hopeless when they come into this world, there is hope held out for us in the gospel. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then the scriptures ask, but how can they call on the one on whom they do not believe? And how can they believe in the one about whom they have not heard? And how can they hear unless someone preaches to them? So for our children to have salvation for their souls, they need a spiritual leader who's going to bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Those four needs, wisdom and, and physical stature and, and a favor with people and with their God, all four of those needs, God meets with this one amazing gift of family. And specifically within that family, a father and a mother who are going to be the teachers for their children and teach them how to communicate, teach them how to do all the little basic things that they need to do. Those parents are not just teachers, they are the protectors and the providers for those children. As they raise their child, they look after the, the physical needs and help the child to grow. And they're the role models of how we are going to interact with other people in the society that God has put us into. And those are noble callings, noble parts of what a parent is called upon to do by God. But above all of them, they are the spiritual leaders for those children. The primary source of that training and instruction in the way of the Lord for the children that God has blessed them with. And so family is a very precious gift that God has given so that every single child that is born into this world can have those needs met simply with the mother and father that live with them in their home. The fourth commandment is written for the children, right? Honor your father and mother. It speaks to the children. But as we look at that commandment, there's a word there, I think, also for those of you who are parents to remember the responsibilities that God has given to you as he's given you a family. When we look at the promise that God attaches to the commandment, he tells them, do it, honor your mom and your dad so that it goes well with you and so that you may enjoy long life on the earth. For parents, as we look at that promise, we, we realize that there may be something to do with how well we do our job as parents and how well it goes for our children as they seek to keep that commandment. But God is speaking to children, and he tells them it, it's part of their walk as disciples of Jesus, part of our children's walk as we follow the Lord. So children, kids, if you're here, I want you to listen. He wants us to protect the gift of family. And how do we do that? How do we treat God's gift of family the best that we possibly can? 
The Apostle Paul, when he wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus, he wrote a note in that letter to kids. He reminds them of the fourth commandment, and he added one more line in front of it. He said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy long life on the earth. So there's two words there, two verbs that Paul gives us to help us to protect the gift of family. The first one is obey, and the second one was honor. Those words give us both an action and an attitude that we can put to work to treat the gift of family with the respect that God wants us to. The action is obedience. Right? God says, I want you to obey. And the word that he used in the original language is a compound word for the, the word to listen and the word to be underneath something. So what does it mean to obey? It means we recognize that we're under someone, that God has given them authority, he's put them over us, and because we're under them and they're over us, we listen to what they say. And then we do the things that they ask us to do or the things that they tell us to do. And that's not because that person is doing a great job. It's not because we're happy with who they are or what they're doing at that point. I think all of us are children, right? We all have mothers and fathers, and, and we all remember that there were times when we didn't like what mom and dad were doing. But Luther, in the explanation, he didn't say, you should fear and love your parents so that you do this. He said, this is part of how we worship God. You should fear and love God that you do not dishonor or anger your parents, but honor, serve, and obey them, and treat them with love and respect. And so it's our job as children to show the honor to our parents, and that's the attitude, right? It isn't just obedience because God says obey, but he also says, I want you to obey, and I want you to do it with honor. I want you to do it in a way that's going to show your love and your respect for this person because I have given them that authority so that they can serve you, so that it can be for your benefit, and because of that, now you owe them your honor and your love. I think we probably do well to remember that this commandment can apply to more than just parental authority, but it can go out into the scope of our spiritual leaders in the church, and it applies also to our government leaders in the state. We honor them, respect, and love them, not because we like what they're doing, but because God has given them this position of authority over us, and then he gives us this commandment and says, honor them. When parents serve their children and help them to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with people, there's going to come a point when they don't have to keep telling their kids what to do anymore. Because their children will grow and will become adults. And they're self-sufficient, they're independent, they're able to act on their own. And then what happens with this fourth commandment? Well, Jesus says that it still applies. We don't, just because we move out of mom and dad's house and we no longer live with them, all of a sudden not have to think about the fourth commandment anymore. In a conversation that Jesus had with the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, he reminded them that they still had a duty to that commandment to honor their fathers and mothers 
by supporting them, taking care of them, even helping them financially if that was something that their parents need. As long as God keeps our parents with us in this life, we continue to honor them, we continue to respect them and to look up to them and to show them love as a part of family. Because that gift of family where our parents took care of us when we were helpless as children is the same gift that's now able to help take care of our parents when they are no longer able to. So God's gift becomes all the more precious and we seek to protect it by keeping his commandment. Going back to the beginning, sometimes the fourth commandment serves as a mirror. Was that you, Anna? You said mirror, I think, maybe. When we look in the mirror of the fourth commandment, we're not always going to like what we see. There will be times when you will look into that mirror and be pierced through with guilt as you recognize that You've broken that commandment. You've mistreated the gift that God has given to you. When those moments come, friends, look away from the mirror and look at your Savior, Jesus. And remember that he kept that commandment perfectly. He was obedient to his parents while he grew as he became a man. From the cross, as he hung there dying for our sins, he still was loving and looking after his mother, making sure that she would be taken care of for the rest of her life. His perfect obedience and his willing sacrifice on the cross purify you of all of your sins. So that now you can go back to the commandment and rather than looking at it as a mirror, we have it as a guide, an opportunity for us to show our praise and our thanks to our God simply by loving our parents. So may the Lord be with you as we keep this commandment. Amen.